Now, let's be honest, folks. Who doesn't like a little bit of conflict in life? And when it comes to Formula One, there is literally ample of it. We love the driver rivalries. We love to see how teammates battle against each other, how the likes of the world champion and the challenger battle each other. It just makes it such a fun thing. And deep down, we may say that, yeah, we're peaceful people. We don't like seeing people fight. But when it comes to Formula One, Trust me, it is so much fun. And in 2021, there are going to be so many of these driver rivalries. And today, on the Inside Line F1 podcast and Pitch to Podium, we thought that we should speak about this. And knowing our fascination to turn should do's into will do's, here we are today speaking about the driver rivalries to look out for in 2021 and what a fun session it should be. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Inside Line F1 podcast live. My name is Samuel Adora. And as always, see, I've said it once today. I'm going to start the counter to say how many times I say as always. But I'm joined by Kunal Shah. And for all of you who don't know Kunal, which I'm sure you will know at this stage, but ex-racing driver, ex-yacht sailor. He is ex-marketing head of Force India, currently working as motorsport consultant of the VS Sport Network. And I say this every time, but I still have to, among other things. Kunal, how's it going? Thank you for that lovely introduction, Samuel. It is going really well. I think, I, you know, the next time you introduce me, I'm going to just put my camera off. I don't know where to look <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> But uh, thanks. It's great to be uh, back live. And we've got a special guest uh, for the show today. Uh, I'd love to introduce Bharat Sharma, who's the chief sports correspondent for the Press Trust of India. Now, that's his official title. okay? but the unofficial title that, you know, that's given to him in the social circles. okay? and if I may say this, Bharat, is he's Bernie Ecclestone's friend in the Indian media. Right. He's managed to pull out. (laughs) some of the most amazing quotes from Bernie in in the last several years. So thanks for joining us, Bharat. It's lovely to have you. Yeah, pleasure is all mine. Lovely to be here. And I was Bernie's friend. Sadly, uh, things have uh, taken a U-turn. So there's a higher chance. It was fun while it lasted. (laughs) There's a higher chance you'll be friends with Stefano and Chase Carey than than the two of us (laughs) here. For, For that, you need to have an Indian GP to get that kind of access and rapport building. So probably we are looking at, uh, I don't know if, if there'll be an Indian GP ever. So yeah, let's mm. see. Yeah. True. That's just Bernie Eccleston for you, right? Just the master political player at the end of the day. Definitely. I, I, I still remember how he used to feed me information uh, during the 2013 and 14 GP when there was this talk whether it might get cancelled or whether it will hmm. be postponed. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was always a pleasure to speak to him. I mean, it's always a soft-spoken go- uh, guy. You really literally had to have your ears properly on hmm. to, to listen to him. But uh, yeah, great guy. Did a lot for Formula 1, but Formula 1 needed a change. So it, it, rightly so, it's moved on. Exactly. The Bernie era, really. It's hard to imagine what Formula 1 would be like today without Bernie Eccleston. And one thing that was really prominent in the time of Bernie, when he actually became the head of Formula 1, was the kind of rivalries we saw, right? One immediately springs to mind. Senna versus Prost. You had Mansell versus PK and the likes. It has transitioned on into the likes of Hamilton versus Vettel. But in the last couple of years, there haven't really been many of them, because Hamilton really has been dominating. But there have been more rivalries simmering in down below. So let's actually start out with the first one for the World Championship rivalries, because of course that is the big prize that we're all looking for. But uh, uh, who do you think can challenge Lewis? Because there's always going to be Lewis right up there. Who's the main competitor? Is it is it Max or finally 
is Bottas version what? 674 finally going to challenge him for the World Championship? If you look at the, the last season, Max was almo- almost uh, on the heels with Bottas. So, hmm. again, you should not go by the pre-testing results. And obviously, uh, three, uh, pre- three days of pre-season testing. But yeah, you'd have to say Max. Uh, the car looks good. Uh, I mean, they didn't have any issues uh, during the testing, and obviously, he, uh, he's closer than ever uh, to Lewis. Hmm. So, so it'll be interesting to see, and obviously, there'll be other battles also to look forward to. Uh, ho- hopefully, uh, he's able to uh, get that deserving title this year. Uh, it seems uh, all is falling into place for Red Bull and uh, Max. So, let's see. We, we need a new champion anyway. So, <laughs> we we do. We've had. Uh, not to discredit Lewis, but what has it has been seven world championships. Ah, I think that's more than enough. Ah, but it's just it's just testament to the man and the kind of effort he's put in. But speaking about Max Kunal, that dream of the youngest ever Formula One world champion, which seemed to be very possible considering he came into the sport at what eighteen, it seems to have faded away. But Honda have just brought on the A game seemingly, and it seems to be the case in testing as well. Do they have it in there? Because if they do. You kind of get a feeling that Max will definitely be on it. You know, at this stage between, uh, you know, the first preseason test and the first race of the season, it is very hard to discard the chances of Max Verstappen and Red Bull Racing overall because they had such a solid preseason test. You know, uh, like you mentioned, Honda is bringing their A game. Uh, they brought a new engine. Their 2022 engine, like we've mm. been saying, is being used this season also, the engine is far more compact than the predecessor engines and so on. So at this moment, it does seem very likely that we will have a Lewis versus Max uh, battle for the championship. We never know what happens, you know, uh, the minute Mercedes literally pull out all uh, all their uh, armory, you know, in the qualifying sessions and then sort of run away with things in the races. So, but that's that's credit to Mercedes, right? Even though they've had a bad preseason test and bad by, of course, not the most obvious metrics, right? They had reliability gremlins and so on. Overall, it was pretty solid from the data that, you know, uh, that showed up. But it's so hard to write them off, right? And uh, at the same time, I think there is a lot of excitement about Checo Perez having bolstered, uh, you know, Red Bull Racing's uh, chances in the championship. So, to me, I'd love to see how these four drivers fight it out. We'll have a, you know, we've never seen a Perez versus Hamilton, for example, exactly. or, or or a Perez versus Botas. Of course, we saw it, we saw that when you know Botas was uh, uh, racing for Williams at uh, back in point. But I think Perez will be the one, uh, or is at the moment the one unknown factor when it comes to the top four drivers battling it out. Hmm. Actually, uh, about Perez, it's going to be very interesting, right? We've never, ever seen Sergio Perez in this capacity, in a race-winning car as such. Now that he's finally got in there, there's always this question of, oh, how do you be Max Verstappen's teammate? This should be a fun driver rivalry. Where do you think this one swings? In fact, this is probably I'm looking forward to the, uh, the most because if you look back at Perez's career, he has this uncanny ability to land podiums out of nowhere, whether it was at Sauber, whether it was at Force India, even the extreme circumstances. He's someone you can bank upon. So this is obviously the big season for him, though he's already kind of 
underplayed it so far that he's getting used to the car and, <laughs> and the seat and and just how things work at uh, RBR. So uh, I expect it to be a tough battle. Uh, but again, uh, whether the two drivers get equal treatment because again, Daniel was also a, a, a high-profile driver when he was around at RBR. So mm. Perez comes in now. So whether they get equal treatment and if they do get equal treatment whether uh, and, and and considering both uh, are competing for the championship for example it's a potential situation how would the team react and how would max react because max is not used to having a like an, an equal partner in the team i mean the last two seasons you know i mean uh, alex was obviously yeah. a number two so again i would love to see max becoming the world champion but i would like to see how he handles uh, himself mentally because there are there are still doubts there though obviously he has grown as a driver hmm kunal this brings up a very tricky question we wouldn't know at this stage because we've never even seen them in equal machinery but is sergio perez genuinely an equal to max verstappen uh, I, I know it's it's hard to quantify where Formula One drivers rank in terms of talent, and Sergio definitely be, will be Max's biggest challenge since Daniel. But where does this one go? It, it seems to be like the most psychological of the battles that we're going to have in 2021. It is, and you know, I think the answer will be with us in 10 years when uh, AWS will run a machine learning algorithm <laughs> to tell us how Perez stacked up against. Max Verstappen and the likes, but you know, in in all honesty, the the big difference between uh, Gasly, Albin, and Ricardo being partners with Max, uh, and uh, and now Checo being partners with Max, the big difference is that the latter three, okay, mm-hmm. or they were want, they were needing to prove themselves, uh, you know, uh, it, it, in the Red Bull uh, scenery, they needed to stack up against Max Verstappen from day one. But Perez, coming from the outside, has proven himself. And you know, there's a reason why we are all singing praises of him. And like Bharat pointed out, this uncanny ability to deliver podiums, you know, in, exactly. in under in in underperforming cars or cars not deserving to be on podiums, right? So it will it it's going to be a very interesting. Uh, battle that's going to pan out. We may not see all of it up front immediately, you know, while while Perez settles in. But yes, uh, seeing how Max is able to handle such a challenge will be very, very interesting. Yes, uh, he's handled Daniel Ricciardo extremely well, I would say, you know, so much so that he was successful in uh, getting Red Bull to back him and sort of uh, be okay with letting Ricciardo go and the likes. Uh, yes, this this is going to be a fun uh, battle, you know, bit, with the Mercedes drivers and internally to follow at Red Bull Racing. Hmm. From one internal battle, let's move on to another one. There are going to be a few of them, but we shall focus more on uh, intra-team battles as well. But this one is the one that's been going on for the last, what, three, four odd years. But Bottas seems to reinvent himself every year at the start of the season, right? You you get a feeling that, oh, it's Valtteri Bottas version 3, version 4, version 5, whatever it may be. Yeah. And a couple of wins follow, but nothing major after that. Do you think 2021 is finally the year? He seems more dedicated than ever, which seems to be the case every year. But what's your take on this big battle that could define the World Championship? Uh, you're asking about the battle between Lewis and Bottas? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Well, I think it's it's going to be a one-sided affair uh, like like the past season because he will get you those couple of wins or three, but then I don't see him challenging uh, Lewis at all. In fact, if you look at 
his time at Mercedes in the initial years, he was a lot more competitive, hmm. competitive than compared to the last couple of years. He's been kind of uh, uh, fallen behind uh, in terms of his performances. And all, but uh, again, uh, to compete against Lewis is also easy, right? I mean, that's exactly. always there. So, so uh, again, uh, like I said, I expect Lewis and Max battle to be a lot more closer. I'll be surprised if Botas uh, gets another season at, at Mercedes after this. Hmm. Exactly. Ah. Huh. Actually, that's that's interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, speaking of uh, which Kunal, I have a small question hmm. for you. Now, stability is fine. It's all nice and well to have a driver that won't really challenge your main driver. So it gives them a very good environment to just dominate, right? To be the version, the best version of themselves, like a Michael Schumacher and a Barrichello. But somewhere down the line, do you think Mercedes will be thinking at the end of this year, if Hamilton continues, that is, and you know what? We actually need two alphas in the team, finally. Why don't we get a George Russell in and just pit them up against each other? What's it for us to lose? At the end of the day, we already may have the best car. Why not see how it goes? I know it's it's more on the entertainment value. We are, have more to gain from it than Mercedes, but still. <laughs> you know, it, it may well happen. They had two alpha drivers without knowing it in Rosberg and uh, Hamilton, right? So at the, at the end of the day, it's uh, something very possible. It will also be something we would really all look forward to, like letting two different generations of drivers... Uh, battle it out. That's something we've sort of missed in this uh, generation. Of course, it's happened several times before that. Uh, you know, you miss out such a such a lovely battle. But uh, if that happens, it's going to be box office. Uh, it's going to be box office for Formula One and for all of oh, us. Oh yeah, absolutely. Should be very interesting. Let's let's actually uh, change the thing a bit. Let's actually go down the grid. But one very interesting thing that we all should be watching out for are the new drivers. And Mick Schumacher is one of the biggest names to come out here, right? Formula 2 world champion. And it's, it's going to be interesting because Haas this year, at least from testing, it seems that they have the worst possible car. Yes. But there could be a lot to prove. We've got Mick Schumacher in the Haas. And there's George Russell in the Williams, ex-Formula 2 world champion himself. A bit of a half-unproven commodity of sorts because we saw exactly what he could do, but never in a very representative situation. If you had to pick between these two folks, where would you go in that dimension? Well, uh, I, I see both the drivers of both these teams finishing in the bottom because obviously Williams and exactly, Haas, yeah. Haas uh, it's, it's very clear from testing and obviously from, from previous seasons also that they're not going to improve much further. But again, uh, Mick Schumacher in Formula 1, the biggest surname in Formula 1 is obviously good for the sport and there's a lot of curiosity that way. But then... Uh, Team uh, Gunther has already said that they're not exactly they're not uh, actually uh, going to update their car going forward, and they're already looking at 2022. So uh, you expect a tough season uh, for for Mick and uh, Nikita. Obviously, uh, they will be competing am amongst themselves uh, exactly in their own battle. So in that battle, I see Mick uh, beating Nikita uh, uh, hands down. I mean, I, I see him winning that battle easily. But yeah, overall, it could be a frustrating year for Make because given the expectations and given the hype around it, it certainly won't be as as uh, good as uh, his father's debut season where he actually got, uh, I mean, a couple of good finishes. And I think I remember his best finish was, I think, fifth 
uh, yeah. in, in 1992 with Benetton. So uh, people will compare, obviously, people will talk about it. Uh, there'll be 24-7 scrutiny, but then uh, don't expect miracles. Uh, that's a, that's an excellent point. Uh, why do you think this one goes, Kunal? I am excited to see uh, Mick Schumacher battle against George Russell. Uh, that's, you know, like Bharat pointed out, seemingly both these teams are going to be at the bottom of the grid. But, you know, so what, what, what do you do when you're stuck in a car at the bottom of the grid, right? That's the question that Mick would be asking himself and uh, all of us would be asking as well. And the best example for Mick for, you know, in all honesty, would be to follow what George Russell has done. Mm-hmm. You know, every half a chance, whether it's in qualifying, whether it's in race, he's literally just grabbed it with both hands and his steering wheel and driven the wheels of that car to impress us. And he's, you know, George Russell's impressed us all to such a level that suddenly we are absolutely okay with talking about him being a replacement to a Formula One legend uh, that's currently racing at Mercedes, exactly. right? So it's not just the talent, it's the sentiment that George Russell brings, which we are all subscribing to. And that's sort of going to be very exciting to see if Mick is able to evoke such a sentiment. You know, uh, of course, given his you know famous last name, he anyway does evoke a lot of sentiment. So uh, that said, I'd love to see how Mick uh, stacks up against George if they are, you know, in a half-decent uh, chance to sort of battle with each other and how how it all grows. And uh, another thing that sort of stuck with Mick is this, you know, whole thing about him being a slow learner, mm-hmm. right? Because he sort of spent two seasons in every junior formula. You know, it's something that's just stuck with him. And, you know, it's it's. I don't know if it's going to be entirely true or, or it's just something that's made up because of the duration he spent. But how quickly Mick adapts to Formula One, to the car, to the circumstances, to not being able to fight with the majority of the battle and so on, will also be something to to look out for. But most definitely, I think Schumacher versus Russell, Schumacher versus maybe even Raikkonen, that could be a, you know, a storyline that could come up uh, for all of us. And I think we've almost pretty much written off uh, Schumacher versus Mazepin. Yeah, exactly. And and it's a very interesting thing, right? We've just had Kaushik come up in our YouTube chat and say, Raikkonen and Juvenanzi are both alpha drivers. <laughs> they could very well be in the fight as well. Who knows? It's that low midfield battle, right? Should be very interesting. But uh, it's one really, it's one thing that's really been on my mind about Alfa Romeo, and we've discussed this constantly in, in Pitch the Podium's other podcast shows as well. It's that it's all a case of stability, and a lot of it is dependent on Ferrari. But a, Ferrari are just such a curious case, right? They they seem to be in a whole hot mess of their own. What do you think about them? I mean, they have an internal battle of their own, but they're also trying to compete against the likes of Alpine and then Aston Martin. This, I think, has to be the best inter-team battle of them all. I think this is going to be incredible. Yeah, yeah. And I think I also read uh, the Ferrari boss saying that they're finally satisfied with their straight-line speed. But again, it doesn't ah. It doesn't guarantee uh, them uh, success or race wins in the coming season. But yeah, like you said, uh, Charles and Carlos, uh, again, well-established drivers by now. Uh, uh, it's going to be another tough battle, uh, very much like uh, uh, Max and uh, Perez. Uh, 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 who, who's going to beat who? Time will tell. But I see, uh, I, I, I see Charles... Uh, uh, pipping uh, Carlos at least in the first season because obviously he's been around yeah. a couple of seasons and 
he knows the team and he know how it's done but having said that uh, you cannot uh, ignore carlos at all and obviously had a very a good last season uh, he's again a reliable guy is very solid so again expect fireworks there also uh, but i expect charles uh, to to pay penalties for the first season your thoughts knows you know i was on one of the whatsapp chats uh, uh, i i read something very interesting that ke- that somebody came up with uh-huh. that the hashtag that ferrari should use for their drivers in 2021 should be charlos charlos right? so, ah <laughs> charlos all, all the fan driven humor but yeah talking about ferrari i think it's it's always interesting to uh see how charles stacks up uh, against uh, different drivers you know i think that's what we're all looking forward to he did he 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 did really good at at alfa romeo back in time you know it was marcus erickson and we all thought okay that's not the best benchmark he could get no offense mm. uh, marcus but uh, we came up you know he came up against fettel and he's he's done really well uh you know carlos signs a seasoned campaigner now former red bull junior did really well at mclaren so uh will be interesting to see how it all pans out and you know i'm looking forward to seeing if carlos uh, signs gets the kimi raikkonen treatment at ferrari you know the number 2 driver treatment because you know <laughs> ferrari, ferrari have you know yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> and you know yeah. so and and ferrari have you know been very open saying okay carlos uh, you know uh, charles is going to be the team leader right so uh, exciting times for that but overall in general i'm i'm excited for the midfield battle overall because we're going to have a fernando alonso mm. versus a sebastian fettel and we've not seen them battle since the 2010s and 2012s and so on yes. right since red bull ferrari you know were the battles when they had to add to this mix it's going to be daniel ricardo in in mclaren and let's remember he had a solid pre-season test as well it's mclaren mercedes from this season right and to this mix like i said we at the ferrari drivers and at this moment i haven't even brought in the the talented likes of norris and ocon and so on but i think alonso versus leclerc versus fettel versus ricardo i'm just picking like the team leaders so to say is going to be absolutely bonkers for the mid season kunal you didn't say lunch troll i'm disappointed <laughs> Come on. My apologies. <laughs> <laughs> he, looks, he looks better prepared right now than Vettel so yeah you never know. Exactly. <laughs> also Bharat we, we can actually discuss this point in depth because Kunal uh, said on the inside line of one podcast and it's a wonderful thing to think about considering Vettel's current run of form. Now we can't speak about testing right it's not very representative. Yes. But Uh, from the looks of things there could be a side school of thought which may say that Aston Martin has brought uh, Vettel in perhaps to make Stroll look stronger uh, i mean that's considering 2020 form that is Vettel just wasn't on the pace at all could Stroll very well be the team leader who knows because let's be honest he's not slow in any means whatsoever privilege definitely on the route to formula 1 yeah. but he's a good driver in itself yeah yeah i mean he's a good driver unless you can't have a pole position in formula 1 that is so there but again being uh, his background comes in the way of, of his career time and again and he has to live with that but last year he showed what he can do in a car and since he's been with the team uh, uh, for a while now compared to Vettel Vettel uh, it's a brand new season for him with a brand new team uh, unlike Alonso he who was involved with Alpine last year and obviously uh, involved with the development of the car uh, hmm. it's not the same with Vettel so 
pressure is obviously will be there on Vettel because uh, for, for a for, for a long time it seemed that he might not be in Formula One at all uh, post yeah. uh, 2020. So he managed to find a seat uh, with the team that is coming back into Formula One. Uh, the expectations will always be there from a four-time world champion. He's not had the best of uh, starts uh, if you talk about his pre-season experience. So uh, uh, right now things are in favor of Lance. Uh, uh, I mean he's he's definitely ahead for the first race, but again you never rule out a four-time world champion, right? So you expect uh, uh, Vettel to give his best and be there, challenging for uh, 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 podiums once in a while, and obviously being uh, the best driver among the mixed midfield teams, which is going to be very very clo uh, close, like Kunal said. Exactly. Also, Kaushik has come up with a lovely, lovely point on our YouTube chat. Shout out to him. He said, Alfa Tauri are going to be in this mix too. It's going to be fun seeing someone like a Yuki coming up against an Alonso in a midfield battle. Youth versus experience. Huh. What do we think about that, gentlemen? Kunal, why don't you go first? I think it's great. You know, one is a Honda prodigy and the other one is a Honda reject, you know. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a battle for uh, for all of us to follow. But that is one thing I've listed down. Yuki Sonoda versus Pierre Gasly. Uh, you know, that's the first uh, environment that he'll be within because Pierre is a Red Bull racing discard, right? Uh, again, it's not the best of tags to carry around, but that's the reality. Uh, he also didn't get the call up again. Uh, you know, when when uh, Albin was dropped, they had to bring in Checo Perez. So another clear signal that hey, you're good, mate, but we're going to try and see if somebody else is better, right? Mm. And to this mix now, there is Yuki Sonoda who comes with a lot of positive momentum, right? Uh, could Yuki be the next Max Verstappen in the Red Bull Racing camp? That's literally the 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 benchmark that he's going to sort of uh, you know be compared against because that's what Red Bull is also looking for the next Max Verstappen should you know Max leave so how Yuki stacks up against Pierre will be very very interesting and yes you know Alpha Tauri uh, if they end up using their DRS only in the DRS zones <laughs> I think I think they will they will be just uh, just slower than the the, the Uber competitive midfield. But, uh, you know, to see Yuki go up against the likes of Alonso or Ricardo or even uh, the two Ferrari drivers will be absolutely uh, fascinating for us. I, I want to actually draw an IPL analogy for Yuki. Uh -huh. One of us fearless guys from Mumbai Indians, uh, the likes of Surya Kumar Yadav. And yes. Completely fearless. Uh, so from Formula Four to Formula One in what three or four years? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, right. it's been quite a rise for him, and he's just got nothing to lose. And I'm sure he's going to drive like that. Uh, he was super, super impressive in uh, Formula Two last year. Every time I think about uh, Yuki, obviously I'm thinking about Jihan, because obviously I rather have him uh, there in Formula One than Yuki. But then the deserving guy is there, and uh, he he's going to be a uh, a, a very tough opponent to Pierre, and uh, uh, if you go by preseason, if at all we should, uh, Alpha Tauri looks good, uh, if not as uh, good as Red Bull, but they look very competitive. So uh, expect a, a race win like last year. Uh, they've always been a solid team. Uh, uh, if you look at their performance over the last two three seasons, they've been improving gradually, 
and credit to red bull for that because they have nurtured their b team also very very well that that's a lovely point that you mentioned there about the ipl analogy so it it just brings into mind maybe the likes of anishan kishan he's also short like yuki has big uh, has a lot of firepower in him or maybe if you're, if you're a football fan the likes of lorenzo insigne 5 foot 4 but man what a player he is i yuki sonora is the real deal i think he's going to be very very exciting to watch out for this year and that battle between alpha tauri right and they're constantly pushing above their weight it's going to be fun to see what yuki sonora is going to do against now and i feel so good saying this a past grand prix winner it's going to be so nice to see that's <laughs> fear ghastly for you but uh now this is one battle that i'm very curious to see now mclaren have had a bit of a restructuring of sorts they have been a completely new team bharat kunal mentioned last time up you were on on the live stream that mclaren finally has drivers that they wanted themselves for a very very long time now ricardo versus norris all the twitch fans and all the people connected on social media they're pretty much divided right because these are the two biggest fan favorites you could possibly have yes so who do you go for it's like do you go for a dhoni or a kohli it's it's just two different <laughs> split sides altogether who's your pick in this big battle well as a pairing they're really good for their team pr wise they're really good for the sport uh, and but, but when they go on the track uh, they are fierce competitors Uh, I'll have to pick Daniel uh, because obviously he's been around for almost a decade now. Uh, Lando has also grown. I think it'll be his third season in Formula One, so he's also a lot more matured. But I, uh, uh, with with Daniel, if you uh, go back, uh, I remember the first ever Indian Grand Prix. <coughs> uh, Narain had replaced him for the only race uh, post the mid-season uh, hmm. because Daniel had replaced him, and he had told me clearly that. Bharat, this guy is going to be world champion one day, and this was back in 2011. He's obviously underperformed on that front. Uh, maybe has taken the wrong steps also. Uh, maybe, maybe this could be his year. Uh, uh, McLaren is doing well on the rise. Maybe they'll, uh, they'll 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 probably knock on the doors of Red Bull, and finally they have the package that they need. So uh, Daniel for sure, but that doesn't mean that. uh lando will be in easy pushover i i they will uh, kind of uh, uh, compete with each other tough but daniel yeah. should win the battle hands down because obviously he's just too experienced and even if you look at his time with red bull it was only one season in 2018 i remember that he lost to max otherwise he had beaten max the 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 couple of seasons before in 7 and 16 and 17 if i'm not wrong So again, uh, Re- Renault didn't work out for Daniel. He'd be banking on uh, McLaren for the world uh, title that a lot of people think he is deserving of. So uh, let's see how this marriage works. But yeah, Daniel uh, ahead of Lando for sure. With due respect to Lando. <laughs> Your thoughts, Kunal? You know, Bharat said something very interesting, especially quoting uh, Narain on this, right? And this is the uh, the beauty of uh, you know all the experience that bharat brings from the world of motorsport reporting over the years right so thanks for sharing that bharat but absolutely yes yes daniel has not won a world championship right and we all know that winning a world championship in formula 1 uh, you know is much more than than luck it's 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 much more than your talent it's uh, it's it's about being in the right car at the right time literally yeah. speaking right yeah. and then also having the right teammate at the right time because you know if it was Valtteri Bottas versus Nico Rosberg for example who knows maybe Rosberg would have won a 
couple of titles like sorry uh, botas could have won a couple of titles right so uh, uh, just just to put you know ricardo's career into perspective is maybe he switched gears into being like okay i cannot win a world title with a renault and with a mclaren the only thing i can do is keep reminding people again and again about my world championship potential and my talent and mm. with with that in mind you know i love how uh, we are all so uh, you know so tilting towards ricardo despite norris being in his third season with mclaren in in formula 1 right but that's just the 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 talent and and the might that daniel ricardo brings with himself <laughs> irrespective of uh, you know whichever team he races for and uh, to me mclaren have the strongest driver pairing you know most equal driver pairing i would say mm-hmm. uh you know in the two seasons that lando norris was with carlos sainz uh norris was able to hold his ground completely right and to be able to hold ground against ricardo will also do phenomenally well for lando norris's career in formula 1 because he's a young driver he's also looking for a world title he knows it may not come with mclaren he doesn't exactly. know where he could be racing next uh so you know it's it's going to be a very very fascinating interteam battle i would say because to to me these two drivers are, are more equal than some of the other pairings say at alpine or say at you know uh, aston martin or maybe even say at uh, ferrari i would say mm That's interesting. That's very interesting. Should be fun to see what happens at McLaren. Uh but finally any battles that you had in mind I was I was quite keen to see what Mazepin quite can do. I mean it, we all have just really put him down so far. Maybe he can prove us wrong by the driving side of things at least. That should be interesting. All any other battles that you have in mind before we conclude. Oh, well uh, the other thing I look forward to is uh like Kunal touched upon in the midfield Fernando and Vettel and just Fernando's oh, yeah. comeback. Uh, uh luckily he's recovered from uh, his cycling accident and he had a very uh, issue free pre-season testing also and i expect it, the way fernando is he, i remember the days at mclaren honda and it was a disaster season but he could still get something out of the car so obviously compared to that alpine is is kind of much stronger outfit growing every year uh, still not there where it should be Uh, still in the midfield uh, uh, so yeah expect uh, fernando to to really give us uh, more joy like he has in the past and i i hope uh, he gets a good car and i hope uh, uh, he gets he keeps going in formula 1 because uh, the sport definitely uh, needs him as his uh, undisputed rare talent Exactly. I mean, knowing Fernando Alonso, you just know, right? He's going to come up with so many mind-boggling performances that they've just turned out to be normal at this stage. That's just the genius of Fernando. Kunal, any any other yeah. battles that you had in mind? Finally, yes. I mean, uh, it's uh, Fernando Alonso, of course. You know, uh, you put him on whatever you put him in. He's he's the quickest guy around, right? And yeah, yeah. I'd I'd love to I'd love to see how he stacks up against Vettel. You know, they have unsettled uh, rivalries from several uh, years ago. But you know, you spoke about Mazepin Samuel, right? Mm. I think I think the the rivalry that Mazepin will not end up uh winning or the battle that Mazepin will not end up uh winning will be the one he has, you know, versus Formula 1. So it's Mazepin yeah. versus all of Formula 1. That's that's the sort of sentiment he's going up against right 
and uh, despite all his uh, you know uh, mental strength and all his training and so on i i don't see i don't see how he can be any more any less welcome uh, or more welcome depending how you see it than he currently has been so that is that is going to be uh, you know uh, something to look out for seemingly mazepin's going to be around for a while so i'd i'd love to see how he's able to bring a change in this sentiment that you know pretty much every fan in the formula 1 uh, world uh, who's not russian feels this way about mazepin racing uh, in formula 1 this uh, season exactly well, all the social issues aside i just hope that he can just deliver for haas because that team is struggling and you don't really like to see anyone struggling so badly right so i hope he's really good on the driving front at least from what we've seen he can do a pretty decent job and while we're at it we can just speak about the battle ha oh, this one is going to be very interesting right it's just going to be haas versus survival but jokes aside or even maybe drive to survive versus showing formula 1 objectively that's never going to happen <laughs> this <laughs> one, should... I, have to, i have to say mazepin has already delivered for haas he's delivered all the pot loads of money that oh, haas did netflix so. <laughs> as well he's going to deliver on that side that's for sure yes so it's all the money and all the off track oh, content yeah right? yesterday yeah Yeah, yeah. Ah, exactly. Can't wait. Can't wait to see what happens. Uh, meanwhile, folks, if you enjoyed this episode, you know exactly what to do. Show notes are down below. If you want to subscribe, and I certainly hope you do, you can do that down below. Leave us a like. Leave any constructive comments if you have so. Anything that we can work on, anything that we can discuss in a future episode, definitely feel free to. And also check out our future and past content as well. There's going to be a lot more stuff coming up. And Bharat, generally, thank you so much for joining us. That was a really fun episode today. Yeah, uh, pleasure all mine. Before I go, I have one ah, question to definitely. ask both of you. Since normally I'm in the business of asking questions and not <laughs> answering. So, what do you think about Mercedes? I mean, considering uh, the three day of pre-season testing, unprecedented mm. times. No, in a normal scenario, they could sandbag, right? But would they sandbag in a tight window like this? That's a good one. That's a good one. Actually, Kunal uh, Bharat, you go first. Okay, so uh, I don't think any team would have necessarily sandbagged, you know, and that's the that's the beauty of a three-day preseason uh, test, I would say, because there is just the, the the opportunities to run are so limited in itself, and the opportunities to run when the conditions are right are even you know more limited, I would say. So. Uh, i wouldn't think that you know teams would have sandbagged per se but uh, you know the only thing that they would have done and that's this is this is what they do all the time is use different fuel uh, you know fuel settings or other fuel uh, uh, loads and uh, different power power mode settings in their power units and that's where you mm. see a bit of a bit of a difference in their performances but i don't believe any team could have uh, you know afforded to sandbag over a three day preseason test i i think i'll have to go for more or less the same it, it, they don't they don't really have the chance and yes simulator systems might be at their best at this stage where you can pretty much run entire races i mean three four races at the same time on the dyno and still get the best results i think mercedes wouldn't quite do that but knowing mercedes they had a bad test by their own yeah. standards you know they're going to be punching back heavily that is going to be fun <laughs> It's just Mercedes, right? It's just the kind of aura that they carry. We, we've been pinned down to the ground. Fine, we'll punch you right on the jaw and take our eighth, eighth or ninth. I think that'll be how many has it been? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 
I'm starting to get confused now. It, it is their eighth yet, Sommel. It's 2021 and it is their eighth. <laughs> the the question whether it will be their ninth can remain for next season, I guess, if they win it this year. Hopefully. By, by the end of the year, we'll have a, a, a new champion in the hybrid yeah. area. Badly yes, needed. needed. To put that into context, yeah. you know how many champions we've had in the hybrid era, folks? Two. Rosberg and Hamilton. That is insane. But folks, on that note, it is time to conclude for this session of the Inside Line F1 Podcast Live. We hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please subscribe. Please leave us a good review or whatever you're listening or whatever you're watching, depending on what format you're actually consuming this content in. And please feel free to comment, reach out to us. We'll definitely respond. If there's any constructive criticism, we're right here, open. And Bharat, once again, thank you so much for coming on. Real pleasure. So nice to be here. So hope to uh, chat with you guys soon. Definitely. So folks, see you then the next time out on another future episode on the Inside Line F1 podcast and on Chris Podium. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.